Good afternoon, everyone. My name is Manny Sanchez, and this is your weekly download, a podcast offering you the best information and insight straight from Harrisburg University. If you missed last week's episode, our podcast is now available on the podcast apps, excuse me, for both iPhone and Android. Just search your weekly download and you can listen anytime. Please make sure you give us a listen, give us a listen and subscribe so you don't miss anything. Next week, we have two events going on at the university. Our Agileen Summit is going to be on May 1st, Monday. And uh, the tracks include Agilene Projects and Teams, Agilene Transformation 1, Agilene Transformation 2, Portfolio, and Enterprise Agile. And to register for this event, you can go to agilesummit.harrisburgu.edu. Again, that's agilesummit, A-G-I-L-E-S-U-M-M-I-T.harrisburgu.edu. And on May 4th, we have the PA TechCon an all-day event promoting the education of Commonwealth employees, the future of government and technology, and interaction with technology leadership, the vendor community, and various supporting organizations. Brought to you by the Technology Council of Pennsylvania, PA.gov, and of course, Harrisburg University. And you can register for that event at patechcon.com. So the conversation I had this week was with Ms. Hillary Hunt, uh, during the financial education or financial literacy education event. And in case you missed it, you can view it at livestream.com forward slash HU live. Ms. Hunt is a national expert in financial education with an expertise in curriculum development, teacher training, and financial education policy. She currently serves as director of the Making Sense Project, a cooperative effort of the Pennsylvania Department of Education and Penn State University. In addition to this work, she works with a variety of clients as a financial education consultant with recent clients including the Discovery Channel, American Bankers Association, and Council for Economic Education. Previously, she served as a Director of Financial Education for Pennsylvania under Governor Rendell. Her work is is inspired by the time she spent in the classroom as a math teacher in Virginia. She holds a bachelor's degree from the College of William and Mary in Virginia and a master's degree from the University of Pennsylvania. So before we play the uh, conversation we had, make sure you follow us on all of our social media, facebook.com forward slash HarrisburgU. We're on Twitter at HarrisburgU and our university website, www.harrisburgu.edu. So here it is, my conversation with Ms. Hillary Hunt. Today on the podcast, my guest is Hillary Hunt, the director of the Making Sense Project. Hillary, how are you today? I'm great. It's great to be here with you today, Manny. Yeah, Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, we just came from the financial literacy education event, which was great. Congratulations, by the way. It was a great uh, presentation. Um, and happy Financial Literacy Month as well. So one of the first things that uh, that we were given in the presentation uh, statistic about millennials, only 24% have proficiency in financial literacy. Could you explain why you think that is? Um, So financial literacy is measured frequently by how much an individual knows about personal finance. And unfortunately, for most millennials, 
they haven't received what we would call a, a quality financial education. Um, a lot of times they've learned things just by uh, experience, which may or may not be the best way to learn. Um, and a lot of them have not had the benefit of actual coursework in personal finance. So, um, you know, as a, as a whole across the, the country, there's only about 17 states that require a course in personal finance for graduation. Um, here in Pennsylvania, we are not one of those 17. And it's really hit or miss depending on where you live across the Commonwealth, whether or not you um, either had an opportunity to take a course as an elective or re were required to take such a course before graduating. And so that really impacts you know, how much student or how much individuals know when they're out on their own and mm -hmm. responsible for their finances for the first time. Now do you see that changing with Generation Z that we're becoming more aware of this problem and that you know, schools are starting to become more aware of this and um, even you know, legislation that it'll improve you know, with, the, with the next generation? You know, there's certainly a lot of room for optimism. Um, you know, one of the things that, that if, has come out of the financial crisis was this recognition that when folks don't understand uh, aspects of their finances, they get into real serious trouble. You know, when you don't understand the mortgage that you're signing, uh, for example, it's pretty hard to, to prevent, uh, you know, poor choices. And so, um, you know, certainly we're seeing seeing some uh, shift here in Pennsylvania uh, since the first time that we looked at uh, how many school districts were requiring a course uh, just a couple of years ago uh, to following that up with, with 2015 school year data. We found that, that over double the number of school districts now are offering that, but it's still a small sort of drop in the bucket. Only about 15% of school districts here in Pennsylvania have made uh, personal finance a graduation requirement. So we still have a lot of room to, grow, to go, but you know, this is something that, that students are understanding that they need to know, that parents say, hey, I want my kids to get this type of, of education before they graduate. And you know, there's, there's growing uh, appreciation for it by, by administrators as well and the value that it adds to the curriculum uh, K to 12. Right. So is it fair to say that this is a responsibility of, of everybody involved, you know, from students, parents, you know, they're the ones, they're the citizens, they're the constituents, they're the people that, you know, are going to go to the school boards and they're, they're you know, local representatives with these problems. So. Absolutely. Everybody has a role to play in this. Um, so, you know, whether that's as an individual, uh, you know, student that says, hey, I, I wish that I could take a course in this. Why isn't this offered at my school? And bringing that concern to the administration or to the school board as a, as a parent of a child to say, hey, you know, we can do so much to teach it at school, but we are at home. But we also think that the schools have a role to, to play in this or, you know, hey, maybe I'm not the best person to be teaching it because I don't understand it myself. And, you know, please teach my kids so they can teach me. Uh, we find a lot of parents, you know, with, with that mentality as well. Um, but there's, you know, we've, we've found that a lot of school boards and superintendents and principals are very receptive to the community feedback to say, you know, hey, this is something that is valuable and, and worthwhile and, and something that our, that our schools should be investing their time and energy into. So if a student, you know, is, is unfortunate and doesn't receive any kind of financial literacy, throughout their, you know, K through 12 education, what steps can they take, you know, recognizing that problem, recognizing that deficiency once they get into college and hopefully not when they become working adult, but, you know, somewhere along those lines? Yeah. So 
first is it's sort of that recognizing that you have a problem, mm-hmm. right? And you know, even if you have had financial education, you know, uh, you know, course in, in high school, for example, your financial education is never over. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's only so much that you can learn, you know, in, in high school and, and retain, or that you'll find application to, um, you know, right away. So, you know, while you'll while you'll learn a lot of the basics. There's always opportunities to learn. And so a lot of that is just to say, you know, to get rid of that stigma that says, if I don't understand it, I should just be quiet or ignore it. Really, it's about <laughs> saying, hey, this is important and I need to figure out, um, I need to get get smart about this, you know, get informed, and I need to figure out who I can trust as a provider of that information and that education. And the good news is, is there's lots of organizations and entities out there that provide financial education free of charge. Um, you know, there's a whole, a whole host of of um, organizations that are approved to do uh, financial education and credit counseling, for example, um, for individuals that want to become a home buyer. Uh, and so there's lots of opportunities if you just take the time and look around, either to do things in person or now, you know, through the internet. Mm-hmm. There are lots of different uh, resources for, for getting smarter about finances or just do it the old-fashioned way and pick up a book. Yeah. Uh, you <laughs> know, there's certainly no, uh, you know, no lack of those um, and, you know, experts that you can listen to on online or uh, uh, in other places. The other thing I think is just, you know, for folks to, to find sort of a financial mentor, you know, somebody who's figured it out or maybe is also struggling but wants to, you know, somebody that you can sort of get get informed together. Um, you know, it doesn't hurt to have somebody that helps you to, uh, to become accountable. Um, you know, there's a lot of analogies actually between uh, your your finances and uh, and and health and wellness oh. you know that it's sometimes it's just about taking small steps mm-hmm. you know so maybe it's uh, you know just like you know if you're you're trying to maybe lose a few pounds you might you know cut out a dessert or what have right. you you know it's that same kind of thing of you know maybe we don't splurge quite so mm-hmm. often and we want to make sure that we're setting some small amounts aside so really there you can take some of those same small steps kind of an idea it doesn't have to be a radical shift in everything right. that you do all at once yeah that's fascinating to, to hear that, you know, a small step or a small change in your financial literacy and your financial ability can also, you know, react positively in other aspects of your life. It, it absolutely is. And there's actually a, uh, quite a bit of research that's been done that shows the connections uh, to, between finances and other aspects. So, you know, financial issues, when you're having financial issues, they can be a huge <laughs> cause of stress for an individual. Uh, they can, it's one of the leading causes of divorce in our country, you know, spouses that are seeing eye to eye on finances uh, or have gotten into trouble and that that becomes a, a source of tension so it spills over into almost every aspect of our of our life really and this is i guess why people you know it's almost like ignorance is bliss that they just ignore it and hope the problems go away and they don't want to particularly look at their finances or you know kind of sit down and, and crunch the numbers that's certainly the case for a lot of folks. They figure, you know, hey, if I if I if I don't bother to pay attention, you know, I'll pay off the next credit card with the or this credit card with the next one and yeah. continue to to avoid it. Uh, but the sad thing is, is that you know, th- this is the type of thing, especially when we talk about debt. You know, it can really snowball and and spiral out of control. Right. And so, you know, as hard as it may be to to come to grips and say, hey, I need to start dealing with this. You know, it is something that people need to do, um, and and it's not just the the folks that are having issues with spending. It's mm-hmm. also that notion of, you know, some people say, well, I'll I'll put off saving for retirement later. You know, I have plenty of time. When you know the way compound interest <laughs> works, the earlier you start, the less you need to do. Mm-hmm. But it, you know, that's a lesson that you know too many of us really learn too late. Right. Now, 
do you have any personal recommendations for any kind of apps um, that would help people, you know, we have college students here, obviously, that would help them if they're not quite so savvy in their financial literacy? Yeah, so there's a lot of different apps that do things uh, across the board with finances, and this is actually a really growing area. So uh, some of them are just fun. There's a, an app called Thrive and Shine by Mind Blown Labs, and the whole point is to uh, it's a game, you know, that you play, mm -hmm. so it's fun, uh, and it helps you to sort of build your financial know-how. There's uh, another group called D2D Fund that has a variety of different uh, game apps. Um, I also recommend, uh, the first one that I would recommend is making sure that you have the app for your financial institution. So whether that's a bank or a credit union, and figure out what you can do with that. Because that offers you a lot of opportunities to uh, to pay attention to your money. You know, check your balances, uh, set reminders, make sure that you're not going to overdraw your accounts, you know, that you can set up a, a reminder you know, or a notification that says, hey, you're getting close. You need to make sure that you put more money in here before you spend anything else. So, um, you know, your own financial institutions app. And then there's lots of others like Mint uh, is a great app for, for tracking. For those that want to just make some some small changes, um, there are ones like uh, uh, Level and Acorn and a few others mm -hmm. that allow you to put aside, you know, small amounts of money over time that, that can start to, to grow. So, uh, certainly, there's a lot that can be done, uh, you know, in the palm of your hand yeah. uh, nowadays. Uh, it certainly is. It's it's a whole new world there, and, and continues to evolve. There's something right. new coming out every day. So it's much easier. So you know, most of us have no excuse not to be able to <laughs> manage our finances at least to, to some degree. Exactly, exactly. And you know, we're doing a podcast. There's podcasts that you can listen to right, exactly. from, from financial experts to, you know, you have that, you know, 25 minutes drive time in the car. Why not put it to good use and, and learn something, you know, while you're at it? Yeah. So um, before we start here, I, you told me that you had some fresh data that you'd like to give us, you know, financial literacy statistics. So I'll uh, let you have the floor here for those. Well, I think, you know, you <clears throat> mentioned millennials uh, earlier, which are individuals that are right now ages 18 to, to 34. And what was interesting is they've actually uh, noted that uh, millennials are saving at a higher rate than older Americans. Uh, but, you know, this notion of sort of um, holding back out of fear mm -hmm. um, is present, certainly, I think, in, in millennials who have uh, had the the opportunity to see firsthand sort of the financial crisis mm -hmm. and what that did to individuals and in their in their investments, and so um, unfortunately, you know, we're seeing <coughs> that they're not uh, they're not in investing, they're not buying homes, they're not building equity for the long term, and so you know, those are some things that we really need to keep our eye on, and and would love to see some improvement mm -hmm. on. Um, so those are those are definitely things that we, we want to keep keep uh, and be mindful of. Right. So um, as we wrap up here, is there one tip, one thing that you would like our listeners to leave with today that they can start on their journey, their lifelong journey for financial literacy? Um, uh, boiling it down to one is hard, but I would say first, you know, just uh, take ownership of your finances. Yeah. Uh, you know, that you need to know where your money is going, uh, tracking where you're spending, getting an idea of, you know, not only what's coming in, but where it's going out. Mm -hmm you know, where can you plug some of those leaks? And if you're not already doing so, really get serious about setting some of your money aside uh, for future use. Uh, you know, we can we can get loans for things like cars and 
and uh, homes and, and higher education, but I don't know of anybody giving loans for, for retirement. So, you know, at some point we're going to be responsible for those types of things and really just, you know, taking those small steps one thing at a time. Yeah. So everybody out there, take charge of your financial literacy, of your financial life. Uh, I'm Manny Sanchez. This has been your weekly download. Hillary, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Manny. It was a pleasure.